You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. As we enter Daniel chapter 7 today, we're going to back up to see some of the spiritual revelation that God was giving Daniel during previous chapters that we've already looked at. So I'll explain more on that in just a minute. But the point today is for us to remember that while we see the events that are unfolding in the world around us, there's also a spiritual dimension that is playing out at the same time. That's what I want you to take away from this introduction to Daniel chapter 7, is that we should never forget that God is in control. We should never lose hope in his plan for your life. And there's some exciting discussions on prophecy ahead that you're not going to want to miss as we dive deeper and deeper into the book of Daniel. Here, I want to open up chapter 7 with two kind of points of context here. The first is an explanation of the timing here. As I just mentioned, the timing of Daniel chapter 7 is not chronologically right after what happens in in Daniel chapter 6. Let's just begin by reading the first verse of Daniel chapter 7. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Now, if you remember the name Belshazzar, all the way back from chapter 5. Chapter 5 is when Belshazzar himself had a vision of really the kingdom's implosion with the hand writing on the, the wall right before Babylon was conquered and the Persians took over. Then in Daniel chapter 6, where we just finished up, Daniel is actually in a high leadership position in the Persian Empire. So now we're jumping, when we get into chapter 7, It says this was a vision that Daniel had in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. So we're jumping back chronologically, um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One is just that this is contextually where this fits in the book of Daniel, and it, it, it fits better here with the context of what's being talked about with the topic of kingdoms, and that follows perfectly right after chapter 6. Um, so it's not chronological. That's what we need to understand. The timing of this actually occurred before chapter 5. So if you're trying to think through the order of events in Daniel's life, you would actually place chapter 7 and chapter 8 right before Daniel chapter 5 chronologically because that's when Belshazzar's kingdom comes to an end. The second contextual point that I want to bring up is the target audience. And it's been a, a while since we've talked about this. Remember that right now we're in the section of our study in the book of Daniel that is specifically instructions to the Gentiles. Now, how do we know that? Well, the book of Daniel is actually divided. It divides itself by language. So if you remember back, the beginning of Daniel, the introduction, chapter 1, is written in Hebrew and the... Uh, Old Testament and scripture here. And then chapter 2, verse 4, begins this section that is actually in Syriac. It's in Chaldee, 
Um, so this is a different language. This was the trade language of the Babylonian Empire, and it was what was common back then. Really, the message here is that this is instructions to the Gentiles. It's not specifically pertaining to the Jews. Of course, it's scripture, so it's profitable for everyone. But the the target audience, um, I would say, is to the Gentiles. So this is God's message to the Gentiles. And we saw that in chapter 4, where, where Nebuchadnezzar wrote in his own words his salvation testimony and how he was driven out. And as a beast, he you know, was in the grass and the dew of the earth. And that was God's punishment for him until he recognized that there is a Lord who rules over the earth, who uh, rules in the kingdoms of men, and that Babylon was not Nebuchadnezzar's, it was really God's. And so all along from chapter 2 to the end of chapter 7 is instructions. It's God's message to the Gentiles. So remember that key point that God is writing this not in the Hebrew language, this is in the Aramaic uh, Chaldee language. That was the Gentile language, the trade language of the world at that point. So God has a message to the world. That's really important for us to keep in mind as we dive into chapter 7. What does God want the world to know? God gives this prophecy, this vision to Daniel to tell the world God's message. And we're going to see this introduction to the vision. So let's start reading again in chapter, or chapter 7, verse 2. It says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. So we're going to see this introduction to the four beasts. Now, Daniel doesn't tell us what these are, because we're going to get to that next week, hopefully. Um, the explanation continues in the latter part of chapter 7. But he's going to start describing these four animals. There's a lion, a bear, a leopard, and then something he describes as a terrible, dreadful beast. So we'll read verses 4 through 8 and see these descriptions here. He says, The first, the first beast, was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Verse 5, here's the second beast. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth, and between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, and devoured and brake in pieces, and stomped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts, that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes, like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. 
so far up to this point, we've only seen these descriptions, pretty terrifying images of these four beasts. And he hasn't explained what these are. Um, God hasn't given him the meaning of this vision yet, but we're seeing this is a pretty terrible vision unfolding to him. But then the good news comes starting in verse nine. And we're going to start to see the picture here of what this vision is all about, the historical significance of this vision. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. Uh, try to stay up with me with these verses. We're covering a lot of ground, but we're going to get to the heart of the message here in these verses right here. So verse 9, Daniel says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame in his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. And I beheld, then because of the voice Of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. What a beautiful note to end this vision on. And then next week, we're going to look and see Daniel's reaction. And he responds really with grief and confusion. We're going to see why. But we're not going to get to that part this week. We're going to end on this note of God's kingdom. He says, I saw one like the son of man, Christ, coming in the clouds of heaven And he came to the Ancient of Days, God the Father. And they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory. Dominion over all the earth and glory and a kingdom that all people, all nations, and all languages should serve him. See, what we're seeing today and man, this this very week is a prime example of this. We're seeing the world um, supporting evil. The entire world is split and divided, calling wickedness good, um, sympathizing with and promoting wickedness and destruction and really being just on the wrong side of history. But in this day, this description of Christ's kingdom is one where all people, all nations, all languages, everyone who's still here, who haven't suffered the wrath of God, will worship Christ. And it says his kingdom that's given to Christ will not pass away, and it shall not be destroyed. 
But I, I want to back up to verse 12 because this is really the key. This is the takeaway for this week. I'll read verse 12 again. It says, as concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. And we've already seen a little bit here that the beasts are representing kingdoms. Okay, this is world empires. And specifically, this is going to make sense more next week, but specifically from the Gentiles perspective, not necessarily from a Jewish perspective, but the worldly perspective of empires and kingdoms. That's what these beasts represent. But it says the rest of the beasts had their dominion taken away. So their kingdoms are all going to come to an end. They're all going to be taken away from them. But then it says, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So their, their dominion, their controls taken away, but their lives are prolonged for a season and a time. Evil may run its course for a season and for a time. This time that we're in right now, this temporary world, evil will have some time. It'll have a, a season for it to run its course. But the end is destruction and burning flame. As it says in verse 11, the beast's body is destroyed and given to the burning flame. So though we see wickedness rampant in the world today, the point of Daniel chapter 7 is that God is operating in the background. And even though you might not see God, his kingdom hasn't come yet. He's still in control. He's still on the throne in the universe. And this prophecy is here to remind us that even though he's operating in the background, in the end, God wins. And every nation, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, every person still alive who has not been destroyed by the wrath of God because of their evil, wicked hearts will worship God and will serve him. And Christ's dominion will never pass away. His kingdom is going to be here to stay. So just remember that, that we see evil today. In the end, God wins forever. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's word is perfect and it's everything you need to live for him.